Thank you for tuning into White Centipede Noise Podcast. Please hit the like button and subscribe to this channel. This podcast is made possible by viewer and listener support. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider supporting it at patreon.com slash white centipede noise. White Centipede Noise is a label and mail order based in Germany, releasing top quality noise on tape, CD, and vinyl. White Centipede Noise is also the premier EU-based distributor of international noise. Visit whitecentipedenoise.com to see available label releases and weekly distro updates. Welcome to White Centipede Noise Podcast. Today my guest is one of the top guns of modern power electronics, also one of the most influential modern power electronics artists. Please welcome Sam Torres of Crawl of Time, as well as Kufar and Terracell Unit. How's it going? Much love. Hey Sam, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? Good, thank you for joining me. Yes, good morning. thanks for having you me, are. I appreciate it. Good morning. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, of course. So, jumping right into your um, body of work, before Crawl of Time, you had a product called Miscreant. Yes. And, uh, you know, I've been listening to the collection CD that came out recently, and I've been really impressed by it, how it was very crude but still had a lot of the modern kind of production techniques that you've developed further later. But, you know, some of that, some of those ideas are, are still there. So that was, that's really interesting for me. And I, I want to know what, what led to the forming of Miscreant in the first place. Um, the forming of Miscreant was kind of <clears throat> came about because I me and uh, my partner in Miscreant, Lucas, uh, we came up in the hardcore scene together and we always wanted to play in a band, but we didn't know how to play guitar, bass, or drums, or any of the conventional instruments. Mm -hmm. um, it just seemed, it seemed like a bridge too far to like get to a band together. It's like a lot of, being in a band is a lot of moving pieces, you right. know, and uh, even if you bring nothing to the table other than, hey, I could be the vocalist to your hardcore band, it's like nearly fucking impossible to find drummer, guitarist, whatever. So um, we started uh, just getting like hella stoned and <laughs> fucking around with like bass feedback. We were listening to a lot of like Boris and Melvins. Like I'm okay. a huge fan of the Melvins. Like, okay. Cool. Their, some of their stuff was like, I mean, it's it impacts me to this day. It's like so fucking heavy, and um, like that was so we we're kind of doing like that kind of stuff like mm -hmm. early on, and then mm -hmm. um, we were into like agoraphobic nosebleed, and like they had like these really short burst 
power electronics type songs. So we just right. like combined like this weird like drone worship type stuff that Melvin's is doing with these little bursts of like agoraphobic nosebleed and we'd record mm-hmm. them in my mom's garage or you know so on and so forth and so that's kind of how we got it together just out of not knowing how to play the fucking guitar you know Mm-hmm. okay yeah so that's pretty much how we jumped that off okay but at, at least the material that i've heard is very much mm-hmm. like within the established power electronics realm yeah uh-huh. um were you aware of that genre when you started this project no um not really um it seemed like i we got hit to it like after we're pretty much like uh closing the project out really to be quite honest with you okay like the the most i heard as far as like power electronics like straight up power electronics was um i used to work at this record store in san jose called uh streetlight records and before i worked there you know, like, record stores have, like, little CD listening stations, and they have, like, right. you know, picks or whatever. There yeah. was a Death Pile GR, and mm. it was just, like, that covers, like, so kind of, like, in your face. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's interesting. It doesn't really tell you a lot, but it, it kind of grabs your attention. And yeah. um, it was, so I put the headphones on and put it on the listening station, and it was what is the, it, it's like a the quintessential quintessential power electronics release you know so yeah. it like it slapped me in the fucking face and like i didn't know that's what it was called i was just like this is fucking weird like and yeah. i bought the cd because it was so weird like at the time i was listening to like this was even before i was into like anything remotely experimental i was still listening to like chugga chugga breakdown metalcore bullshit and like sure. <laughs> death metal and stuff you know like yeah. this was like the weirdest cd i had like for yeah. sure this and yeah. uh, some random melvin cd that uh this punk rock dude put me onto, and those were like the weirdest cds oh and maybe neurosis through silver and blood because okay um, like i had an Ozfest sampler like i was totally into new metal and cool. <laughs> uh, and neurosis was on the was on Ozfest, so it's all these new metal bands, and then neurosis playing neurosis music, and I was uh-huh. like, this is the weirdest fucking shit I've ever heard in my life. But it, I automatically gravitated towards it because it wasn't like Crazy Town or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it was yeah. like yeah. some shit that is kind of life changing when you hear it. But yeah, yeah that like that. Um, that's like Death Pod GR is like the first. But I didn't know what it, it was called power electronics. I didn't know it was called noise or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I just knew it was the most deranged shit I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, cool. And um, when you started closing down Miscreant, well, first of all, in Miscreant, can you tell me a bit about what the kind of the uh, ideological focus and themes are of that project? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh I think um, Miscreant, like, it was definitely more, like, political or whatever, and uh, me and uh, Luke were definitely more into, like, well, we lived in Santa Cruz, too, for a little bit, and we were definitely into, like, weird, like, like, well, weird for me now as, like, a 30, 
two-year-old man but like mm -hmm. i was like definitely more into like kind of like leftist like anarchist politics and stuff like that and sure and uh but you know different from that i was like i came up and and this is still like kind of i have like a more modified version of this as an adult but when i was younger um i was into well i still am like i said but like uh chicano culture and chicano sure. culture is like heavy like indigenous focus like there's this concept of aslan like the nation of aslan which is like um mexico and these territories that were illegally annexed by the united states mm -hmm. uh california mm -hmm. you know uh the the southwest and like colorado and a few other places and so, uh, you know, this is the stuff you, uh, in California when you're Chicano, like growing up, this is what OGs tell you, like yeah. it's in, it's in gang culture. It's in your family's culture. It's in like every aspect of being like a, a Chicano Mexican American. So it's like, you learn about these things and and you take pride in it. And, yeah. uh, we're really all about that. And we're also like super into like, you know, we're anti-war type cats because we listen to like infest a lot the band infest mm -hmm. and um infest had like they used oh and like in power violence bands they used like this anti-war imagery of like vietnam imagery and stuff like right. dudes like being tortured and stuff and yeah. um so miscreant what we did was we appropriated the concept like the uh the imagery of bands like infest and crossed out and Neanderthal, mm -hmm. and uh, we used uh, kind of like uh, war on terror images from Afghan and Iraq, and so on and so forth, and and use that as to push our like anti-imperialist mm -hmm. um, message and stuff like that. So that's sure. kind of more or less the vibe of the project. We're like super like Chicano nationalist types, and then anti-American imperialism and things like that. Yeah. Right on. Okay, cool. Um, how did that pro, how did that project wind down and evolve into crawl of time? Um, well, I would say how it got to crawl of time is, um, like a big part of crawl of time is, like, okay, so for instance, Miss Grant, although I, I'm talking about these concepts that are kind of much greater than me, mm -hmm. like anti-imperialism, Chicano nationalism, so on and so forth, Miss um, uh, Grant is still a very personal project. Like, it's about us, me and Luke as men, mm -hmm. growing up in this world and dealing with these types of things and... Um, and how we navigate um, society and, and whatever. But um, Crawl of Time is just, a, I even boil it down even further where it's like, it's it's so personal. Now it's just like, the, I can't, it's hard making music about anything other than the shit that I go through. So it's just, mm -hmm. it seemed like a natural progression where it's like the shit that Miss Grant was about, I'm still very much into. Mm -hmm. But, um, like, 
I just took it a step further and just made it more uh, about like myself and the things that I go through on a personal level. So, mm-hmm. and the music is totally different. Like sometimes right. I hear the miscreant shit. I'm like, dude, I don't like, I always commend you harsh noise fools. Cause it's like, I can't, I can't fucking do that. I, I don't know how you guys do it. Like you guys look at the modular synth and people will be like, that's how do you do that? It's like, <laughs> I look at the same, like, I read this interview you did with Miko, uh, for special interests, mm-hmm. right? You, and uh, yeah. it was like some kind of gear talk. And I was just like, yeah, I could buy all the same gear that Oscar's using, but I could never do that. You know what I mean? And it's like... Um, sure. Uh, but yeah, it's going back to what I was saying is like, the music is so different. And uh, But like, ultimately, I still draw on some of the uh the messaging of uh crawl of time like or uh miscreant for crawl of time mm-hmm. like um the debut i did uh with fusty cunt and then later on with chondritic operation black widow yeah that's like um that very well could have been a a, a miscreant project you know because um, sure. it's about um gang culture and like the mind control within gang culture mm-hmm. and um you know the what's left for you outside of gang culture when you're, when they've used you up Mm -hmm. and chewed you up and spit you out and the person you are after gang life, Mm -hmm. that very well could have been a miscreant thing because, uh, uh, as sad as it is, is gang culture is very one and the same with Chicano culture. They're all, they're very intertwined. They're, Mm -hmm. um, synonymous with one another. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Project or sorry, Operation Black Widow. Um, it has a photo on the cover that I've gathered is. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong in any of this, but is that I've gathered that's your father? Yeah, it's my dad. Uh, can you, that was. Can you give a bit of a background into the 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 context of that album and and how it personally relates to you? Because I I want to for sure as as much as you're comfortable. I mean, I know that that Crawl of Time has a lot of very personal themes. I'd like to, if possible hear about you know yeah how for sure live like relate to your personal life for sure um so the cover of operation black widow is my dad it's a picture of uh my dad in uh where was he uh i think he was in uh in tracy in uh in prison in tracy and uh i think he was 18 years old Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, and I have the picture right here. I can bring it down. The actual photo. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's the actual it, photo. It's in color, yeah. Yeah, it's in color. Cool. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, that was him, and uh, you know, I have a, the photo of that because. Um, and I decided to use that for the album because um, he was not the only member of my family that was involved in, in gangs or whatever, but he's my dad, you know? So it's like right. the most direct yeah. member of my family outside of like my brother who was right. involved in some stuff, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and, and uh, the album is is not necessarily i use his image because like 
like he was the most direct person, but the album is more or less about, um, you know, anyone that could have, uh, fallen into the trap of being in a gang. Yeah. And, um, and because I, I got a first hand account stories of my dad because coming up, it's like, that could have been the future for me. That could have been the future for my brother. That could, that's, and right. that's the future for a lot of homies I knew. Yeah. And it's a future for a lot of, uh, cousins and so on and so forth. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, my dad would, would tell me these basically horror stories about being in a gang and, and it's like, there's a lot of almost mind control involved where they, they, yeah. they, they teach you that, uh, you're that in society you have no worth, but in the gang you have value and, and they can use your value for some kind of greater, something greater than yourself. And it's mm -hmm. very militaristic. Um, they build bonds uh, because the early stages of the gang, my father was in the NF, um, they would bring in um, the, the OGs of that gang were from, uh, they served time in uh, Vietnam. So mm. they would bring back this military mindset to the uh, penitentiaries in California. And right. they would do the, and, you know, military, one thing they're good at doing is building camaraderie amongst the men. Right. So they would do this with the gangs and it's a form of mind control. And, you know, and at the end of the day, you're either in prison for the rest of your life. You're either yeah. dead or yeah. on drugs. Right. You know, and, uh, my father ended up being on drugs, sure. you know, cause there's a lot of, you don't just join a gang and ha you don't have a good ass childhood and join a gang. You right. have a lot of pain and trauma and so on and so forth and join a gang. Cause you're sus right. susceptible to, to, uh, you're just susceptible to pretty much anything. He could have joined a cult. That's right. basically what he joined. When you join a gang, you join a cult. Right. So, you know, um, so I used him as the poster boy for my album because, you know, that's the real. He's the walking reality of what I was trying to convey. You know. Right. Damn, that's deep. Because I mean, I, of course, you know what you say about people who come from um, broken, traumatic backgrounds are more susceptible to joining a gang. But that's that's. It's crazy what you say about how the gang actively also tries to convey that message to the people who already, you know, already have very low self-worth of basically also reinforcing that, you know, you are useless to society. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Is, you know, probably what is already in these, you know, these young people's heads that puts them in this position in the first place. Yeah, for sure. That's why uh, I've seen people who are like in their 20s join a gang. And I'm just like, dude, you're in your 20s. Yeah. Like, a lot of people I knew from in gangs, and st they start off as kids, like right. single digit numbers. Yeah. T nine, ten, twelve, and they're yeah. in, they're already in the hood. They're already in in a situation where it's just they just become that. Yeah. And then I see people 22, 23, 25. That's Start crazy. gang banging, and it's like you're a fucking clown. You're a clown. Yeah. You, you have 
you have your whole life ahead of you and you just decide to go ahead and do some sh- uh, stupid ass shit like that it's it's so yeah, childish it's and, yeah. yeah exactly and it's like you know uh, motherfuckers don't got a choice early on when they're like right. a, a, a youngster and then they get involved in gangs. That's not, sometimes it's not by choice, man. And, right. and you're 22, 23 Absolutely. years old and you're like, Oh, I decided that I'm going to be in a gang. That's the most clown shit I've ever heard, you know? So it's yeah. like, yeah, it's really stupid. For sure. How do you think you escaped that fate? Cause um, I mean, I mean, just judging on a very stereotypical superficial way, you know, you're involved in, experimental music you know for sure punk metal things that are kind of more associated with a you know some sort of i don't want to say privilege but i mean regular regular yeah regular shit yeah um because at the end of the day my dad was involved in that shit i had a good and he was a good dad yeah and he and by the time i was born uh, that was like the last stint of him ever being in prison or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I had a good mother. I had a good yeah. mother. Like to me, my mother's everything. And, uh, and uh, she really like pulled out all the stops for me and my brother and uh, created a space where like, I could get into shit like this. You know right. what I mean? I could do shit like this where yeah. nothing like this wasn't um like this wasn't like so foreign to me like i was young and uh i was into music getting into yeah. music and uh then started going to shows and then started linking up with the homies from shows and then yeah. just started wanting to be in music you know it's, it's like a whole progression it's just like i had a good family like right uh you know that 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 matters to me and that that still matters for a lot of people and like uh for sure it wasn't it wasn't the best but it's important that you have like a solid foundation and i'm thankful to them that like i'm able to do the shit that i'm doing now because i wouldn't be like in this position if it wasn't for my folks you know yeah for sure cool um what kind of feedback has there been from people about those those elements of your music and your projects? Because they're, for one, they're very unique to Power Electronics, mm-hmm. and particularly when they're coming from a very authentic and genuine place. I mean, there's plenty of appropriation of different theme. You know, people like to say themes because they yeah. they say, "Oh, I, I'm going to read a bunch of books about." this kind of war or this sort of political party and like mm-hmm. do themed stuff around that. But a lot of times it's just kind of like, a a studied, almost yeah, purely sure. aesthetic thing, but you know, this is, this yeah. is your life. And how, how, what kind of, what kind of people have you had or what kind of interactions have you had with people regarding that, those themes? Well, um, it, I would say it's, it's really positive. It's really yeah. positive because of the fact that it's coming from a personal experience and even um, like beyond like the Operation Black Widow shit, like I did the tape uh, uh, Moments of Pleasure, Years of Pain on New Forces. 
Yeah. And that tape is like all about like forgiveness. Like mm-hmm. me, I'm not a person who does not fucking forgive anyone. I will die happily like hating you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh that tape is like uh my mom passed away in twenty eighteen and uh mm-hmm. my aunt was um on drugs and you know, all this crazy shit. Like she was just like a drug user since I asked her a couple months ago, like when when did you start doing drugs? She's like in her fifties now. And I was like, yeah. When did you start doing drugs? She said thirteen. So I was mm-hmm. like, so you did drugs from 13 to 54 or 52 or whatever. Like, yep. that's a tremendous amount of time doing drugs. And you don't just do drugs and everyone loves you. You do drugs and right. you fucking burn people and everyone hates you and yeah. you fail people and you do all this stuff. Right. So I made that tape because after my mother's my mother's death, my aunt stopped doing drugs, cold turkey. Mm. And then it was like really trying to step up for the family and shit and like i was like trying to reject i was rejecting her hardcore like mm. get the fuck away from me i'm go. i'm like grieving i don't like you uh i know what you're all about and she just like kept trying 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 and then i was like you know what maybe if i just like open myself up and try to f- forgive her it will help me heal with the shit that I'm dealing with, with the loss of my mother. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it hurt me a lot. And it was really tough to do that. And, uh, I did it. And then eventually I feel, I've, it, I felt, I felt amazing. You know what I yeah. mean? And like, now she's in my life and she's like, uh, she's like my mother now, you know what I right. mean? But why I bring that up is cause people were hitting me up based off that tapes, reading the lyrics and that shit and being like, Yo, like I've dealt with shit like this before, yeah. and you know, I I'm really glad that you know someone is putting out shit like this because, you know, like you're saying, oftentimes in the shit that we do is like, it's like there's these themes like serial killer fools and all this nonsense or whatever. It's like that's cool and everything, but like sometimes like motherfuckers want to listen to shit that's relatable. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, uh. And I feel like a lot of dudes that try to be hella macho or whatever and, like, don't want to talk about shit like that. But it's, like, I'm perfect. I'm comfortable being macho or whatever, and that's, like, a part of who I am, too. But, like, also, like, we got to talk about shit like this because yep. we all go through this. All of yep. us. In some kind of way, we're all dealing with some grief, some yep. some turmoil, some depression, some anxiety. And that's, if, right. if I could make someone feel good with, them uh with my work resonating with them in that way and make i i'm all for it i'm all yeah awesome well rest in peace to your mother and i think that's a thank you that's a a great story i I was gonna ask about the the context of that tape so thank you for yeah thank you for sharing that okay it's time for a quick commercial break here first of all since we recorded this episode sam has recorded and released a new crawl of time ep it's a band camp only. It's called Demons in My Sleep. And it's available at crawloftime.bandcamp.com. Go check it out for sure. It was released just uh, Friday, so um, just a few days before this is airing now. So be sure to check that out for his newest and uh, freshest release and support his work. Um, in addition to that, there 
our uh, five new releases coming up on White Centipede Noise. Hopefully in about two or three weeks they'll be out. Five CDs. Three are already here. New Skin Graft album called Final Judgment. This was actually slated and recorded for Tronics before they went on hiatus, so I was lucky enough to inherit it. Amazing album. You guys know Skin Graft. You know it delivers. Marinata Tarmac. This is a group... Um, John Wesseltoft and another guy, I'm forgetting his name, but it's super, super harsh, thick electronics and saxophone. And it's not like you might think. It's not totally scronky. It's it's like a blast of hot energy. It's really, really good. Mastered by Lasse Marhag. Uh, they're Norwegian dudes, kind of from that same from that same world. And there's a Green Belt Midwestern Companion CD featuring absolutely amazing artwork by Pat Yankee. This is a collection of most of the short tapes and uh, comp tracks from Greenbelt. Greenbelt being a collaboration project with uh, more of a band, Wince, me, uh, Sam Soxon from Phage Tapes, Baculum, and uh, Joe Barris, who did a project called Willful. It was our junk noise trio that was quite active back when we all lived in Minneapolis. In addition to that is uh, waiting on Kakerlac, CD reissue of The Heat of the Hole, and Temporary and Successive Stages. Those two tapes that were on Thorax Harsh Cassettes combined into one disc. And uh, and the CD version of the Worth Sacred Violence Noise cassette that was released on White Centipede Noise a um, year or so ago, I guess now. So yeah, those will be out in two to three, two to three weeks, I hope, just waiting on the last two and then we get it all sorted out. In addition to that, I want to remind everyone who's watching, if you enjoy this podcast, please support it at patreon.com slash white centipede noise. The podcast takes uh, a ton of my time. There are also inherent costs, platform fees, uh, equipment, software. Um, I'm also looking at finding a way to pay some Japanese translators pretty soon. So if you can imagine what that means, um, Supporting it really, really goes a long way in helping me do this and carry it on. Um, in addition to that, you get access to White Centipede Noise TV content, which is bonus content, which is kind of in a class of its own. It's it's a breakoff of the podcast, but it's it's a variety of things. So I do follow-up episodes. I do follow-up interviews with, with guests called uh, After Blast Series. Um... I've already talked to Sam Stocks and Phage Tapes and uh, Taylor about running a label. We get into a lot of really specific stuff about running a label, about a two-hour plus discussion on that. Um, I talked to Eric Newstrand about uh, journalism, media, and noise. I've started doing reviews. Um, I have a show where I just rant about my views on noise called Noise on the Run, usually when I'm like <laughs> in a different city or country at the time and uh, I need to get something off my chest. Um, I'm also working on a series called Label Spill, which will be really talking more in depth about noise label business and how that all works, and uh, and lots lots more in the works as technology and uh, opportunities present themselves. So, super interesting stuff. And uh, the support goes a really long way in keeping this show going. Five euros a month is... I don't know. I know everything's very expensive right now, but that's like a beer. That's like a beer a month at the bar. 
that's like a sandwich. There's also going to be a discount code for this upcoming CD batch available for Patreon supporters. And if everything goes well and uh, support keeps holding up and I'm able to uh, invest in uh, some new equipment soon, I will be returning to uh, weekly episodes of the podcast in July, as well as additional White Centipede Noise TV content. So thanks again for checking everything out. Thanks for all the support. Thanks for all the feedback. Really, really appreciate it. Glad you're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Please support. Thank you. And back to Sam. Did you ever write lyrics before you started doing Power Electronics? Did you ever write text um, or anything, prose, poetry, or anything of that nature? I did, yeah. I, I would always, like, ride, and I would do these, like, little exercises where I'd write lyrics of other bands, just write them down, mm-hmm. and, like, to get into their frame of mind for writing or whatever, because mm-hmm. uh, it's something I've always enjoyed. Like, I always enjoyed uh, books and... Uh, poetry like Bukowski and stuff like that mm-hmm. and uh, and I yeah I've just been a fan of lyrics from whether it's you know hardcore bands metal bands hip-hop just like if you if you got a good pen I'm I'm very invested in what you're what you have to say yeah um, so like I've always been a writer and uh, uh, you know and right now, I feel like my writing is like it's at a, it's pretty fucking good right now. Like I'm impressed with myself because um, I used to hate my shit. I used to sure. hate my writing, and uh, now I've just like I feel like I'm a mix of all my influences, writing wise, and I feel like I'm finally comfortable with my pen my pen game. Yeah. So yeah, uh, but yeah, prior to Miscreant, I would always write. I would always write. Yeah, I, th- I feel like that's a big step with writing because I think there's oftentimes a long gap where you yeah. pr- probably don't <laughs> like what you write. You know, I mean, I know that when I look back at things that I've done like a year ago or five years ago, I don't write much, mm-hmm. and I particularly now. But I mean, it's always like kind of looking back on it, it's like, oh, okay, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Yeah, and for the moment, sure. In the moment, it's all right. In the moment, it's important, but, I mean... Yeah. I think that's a, a, a big milestone just to, to to reach as someone who writes text to be just simply, even just comfortable or, or confident about it, that it's okay, this is, this is good. Yeah. Um, I fell off with writing for a long time because when Mac and I were doing Terracell Unit... Um, he would write a lot and Mac mm-hmm. is like a great writer, mm-hmm. great writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he would do it. And then after a while he would be like, I don't really like have an idea because like between Terracell unit and writing for Kufar, you know, he's, sp- I, he, I would spread this motherfucker very thin, you know, it's like we would do record some Terracell unit shit and he would do, and then he would do vocals and then he would have to write. And then it's like, okay, we got to finish this, Kufar tape, so you have to do vocals and write the lyrics. And then he would send me the lyrics, and I'd be like, this shit sucks. Like, <laughs> it's like he would have me go over all his lyrics, and I would just be like, okay, this is good, this is good, this is good, this sucks, this is fucking yeah. horrible, you know? And so <laughs> so then I, eventually I was like, all right, maybe I should kind of, you know, step up and uh, 
start writing some lyrics. So he gave me a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. So like I started writing more for Terracell unit and I was like writing a bunch, like just yeah. just going crazy. Yeah. And then that gave me the confidence going into crawl of time. Like yeah. I feel I feel pretty good right now. Going back to your family quick, I was curious, does your family know or if they know, do they get what you do as an artist, as a musician? Like um, all the time and the palatronic side of things? They don't, they know about it and they're mm-hmm. extremely supportive. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to my grandma's house, she mm-hmm. has a picture of me and Lucas performing as Miscreant Hanging. Cool. They also have like my Terracell unit albums, like my first LP, like they had me sign it and like they hung it up in their house. So they fuck with my shit. Like they get it and they don't understand the music, but they're very proud. They're very proud, you know, like, and that makes me feel very good. You know, like, yeah. Uh, the other day my dad like replied to one of my Instagram stories and was like, telling me he was proud of me. Cause I played a show a couple days yeah. and I was like, that makes me feel good. You know, they, yeah. they don't know what the fuck this is. Right. Cause there's not a guitar and a bass and whatever right. on drums on stage, but they know that I'm passionate about it. So they really like, so they're hella supportive of what I do. Um, and my dad used to be like, my dad worked construction pretty much forever. Right. And he used mm-hmm. to be like, I never understood what those boys were doing in the garage. And then I kind of like figured out what they're doing. Like he said, it was like, he said this, he said, it's like industrial. Uh huh. And, and he didn't know, he doesn't know what that is or any of that shit, but that's yeah. what he said. And I was like, he gets it. Cause cool. he fucking works <laughs> industrial. He works in construction. He knows what's up. He hears those sounds that we're trying yeah. to create with pedals and synthesizers and yeah all this other shit so he got he get he he got the gist of it you know that's awesome yeah so going like you mentioned your gear just now um tell me a bit about your 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 gear and your technological process because i know that you work with a lot of modern technology i know you work with a lot of your rack stuff mm-hmm. um can you tell me how how important is is gear and technology in your creative process? Um, I would say it's 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 really important, um, and you know it's crucial. I wouldn't be able to do what I do without it. Um, but like, it's all about like like diversifying your your mindset Mm -hmm. because like i know a lot of people are like i hate digital i won't use digital Mm -hmm. it's like well you've just closed off like half the game or people are like analog i gotta worry about dialing it in and blah blah blah. it's like you just closed off the other half of the game right and me it's like there's shit that i've reintroduced into the game into Mm -hmm. my game Mm -hmm. like tape shit like mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that's coming out has like little tape loop layers and mm-hmm. stuff that I I put to I thought I put to bed years ago because mm-hmm. there was a time where me and Mac were it's like when we were on a good run with Terracell Unit it was just fucking synth 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 yeah and 
just sure. that's that was the name of the game. Yeah. And I was like, there's certain things and different vibes and that I, I wanted to create, but I needed to bring back techniques that I learned in the past mm-hmm. and then create new techniques. Uh, but yeah, it's all very crucial, you know, like, uh, but I have a couple since, or I have, yeah, a few since that I keep on deck hundred percent of the time. And then I'm not above, uh, what I t- tend to do is sell all kinds of shit, all my gear and then buy new shit. Mm-hmm. And then I have to relearn every, uh, I have to learn new shit and then mm-hmm. learn new techniques and, mm-hmm. It keeps me fresh. It keeps me on my toes because uh, I I don't think it'd be very interesting if I put out five tapes with the same shit. Like mm-hmm. it's it's like you have to be really creative to make one synth sound, you know, a hundred different ways for your whole right. career as a musician. Yeah. Um, there's uh, you know I have a Korg MS10, which is probably one of my favorite synths. And um, I used to have an MS-20, but for some reason, when I when I went to Europe, uh, the, these guys were all about this MS-10, this MS-10. <laughs> and and I got to see them play. I got to see several people play with this MS-10. And it, and it was just so much. The MS-20 is very complex. As yeah. a matter of fact, when Mac and I were getting our first synthesizers, uh you know, our early synthesizers, he wanted to get an MS-10, and then that patch bay was, like, so intense and intimidating. I talked him out of it. I said, dude, we'll never get off the ball with this Yeah. Uh, if you get this because the curve is so high. Like, yeah. Um, so he ended up getting this other synthesizer, and we t- we our shit took off a lot faster because he yeah. was just able to dive right into it. Yeah. So the MS-10 was just kind of like a – a simpler version of that and it's just like i really gravitated towards it and i use it on every recording i have it it's going to be used in in some fashion in what i do but yeah. um the, all the other shit changes around it like yeah the mo- that's the cool thing about module modular shit yeah. it's like you can just sell that module get another module right get this get that and i've reintroduced like guitar pedals into my shit because yeah. they have their worth you know there's right. some shit that pedals can do that modules can't you know there's some yeah. sounds that these pedals have that are no- they're known for they're on these legendary recordings and you might not be able to use it in the same fashion as as the person who you know revolutionized certain pedals but uh you can certainly integrate it into what you do. Yeah. So I just use a lot of different stuff, a lot of different stuff. But right now I have, uh, I just kind of simplified my, my setup. I sold a bunch of shit and, uh, I realized I had four samplers, four drum machines, Yeah. you know, 18 mono synths. And I'm like, why, why yeah. am I, why do I have this? I, I got rid of all my drum machines cause I was just, I started making my own drum sounds out of like oscillators and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's just more gratifying to me and rewarding to do that. It takes fucking forever, mind yeah. you, but yeah, it's yeah. just better to shape your own shit for me. And right. so I was like, I don't need these nine drum machines that I have. That's like a quick, that's a quick buck right there. Like I just got <laughs> yeah. rid of it all, you know, yeah, just got rid of it. All. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, for someone who doesn't know a ton about modular stuff, what can mm-hmm. what 
what are some exciting tips or exciting basics that you can that you can tell me um so i think of modular and synthesizers in general as if you go to a foreign country and you know like how to ask where the restroom is where the food is uh how to get to the subway so like little you know easy phrases yeah and you can get around that's how I think of modular synth. Like, the language is very dense, but if you know, like, certain building blocks and certain basics, you can navigate yeah. it, and you can, uh, and with, like, almost a ignorance of it, you can do a lot. Because if mm-hmm. you know everything there is to know, you very become very rigid. You're like, I have mm-hmm. to put this into this, right. and then this into that. And it's like, that's not me i'm not like a man reading a manual type motherfucker i'm like let me just touch it first i need to touch it i need to put my hands on it and i need to fill it out and i need to just be with it spend some time with it yeah and kind of learn it my own way but i think for if people are looking to get into modules it's like you want to look at how a regular synthesizer is built like a fixed synth, right. it's got your oscillator, filter, envelope generator, right. um, and just kind of build it like that. And then you can start getting all the weird, quirky little modules that do so on and so forth. Right. Um, that's kind of more or less how I how I started it. But now my shit is is a lot of filters and effects, mm-hmm. and uh, like random generators and stuff like that. And and I kind of have it like in that sweet spot. Like, mm-hmm. there isn't much that I need. There's a few modules that Max is getting on my ass about getting mm-hmm. um, that I'm going to get. But right now I'm in the in that sweet spot, in mm-hmm. that sweet spot. And then one thing, if, if you're making, like, industrial or power electronics or harsh noise or things of that nature, one thing you got to realize is, like, you, you see all these, these modules that are that do all this crazy shit. And then you have to remind yourself that you're not making techno. Right. So you don't need to fucking get that shit because it's not going to serve you well. It's not mm-hmm. going to do anything you want to do uh, because it's so above like what that music is so complex and our music is really not, you know, right. like it, sure. it, it can get complex. But at the end of the day, our music is is there's a pace and a tone that it's always going to have. Right. Like even the most experimental out there artists, they're always going to have that baseline of like what they do is what everyone else does, you know? Mm-hmm. So you just kind of have to like, like think about it. Like in that sense, like you don't want to go too big. Yeah. Uh, because it might not serve you any purpose other yeah. than flat, like, Oh, you're flexing on fools because you have this $700 module that you don't even know how to fucking use. Let's yeah. fuck out of here with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then what about, what about for the, for the real heads out there. Cause I get hit up a lot about people who are like, Oh, like you should do more about gear. And like after the, after mm-hmm. I talked to Mac, they're like, Oh, you should, you know, I would have loved to hear more about your rack <laughs> shit. You know? And so, I mean, what, what can you tell, what are a few like recent real gems that you have discovered or techniques or, 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 or sure. equipment that you might be willing to share? Of course. Uh, so for the module side, uh, I'll tell you like the, the, 
the end all be all module for me that has changed completely changed the game and uh it's this it's called the the loquelic eteritas procedo it's a drum it's an oscillator drum module by noise engineering and this module has this is why i sold all my drum machines mm-hmm. because i just make drums with this mm-hmm. that's it i stopped all the bullshit of having all this unnecessary clutter and i just now i just have this one drum module and with and within that drum module i can make whatever i want however i want it to sound and uh i combine it with this module called marbles it's like a random like generator and i mm-hmm. kind of use it as a as a sequencer almost right or it's like a i use it to create patterns mm-hmm. so you could create crazy wacky patterns and sure. like they're totally random or like really simple things and mm-hmm. i what i just find the sweet spot there's like little yeah. sweet spots and once you're yeah. at the sweet spot you just like let it let it be and see if that's like what you want to go for and then mm-hmm. you just uh you can adjust it from there but that loquelic i'm telling you if, if you're struggling to find the right drum machine for um for your industrial it or power electronics project and and you're looking to get into euro rack that module's it's like 500 bucks but mm-hmm. um you know if you really think about it, it it'll pay for itself once you start releasing music and uh Sure. It's really, it's really been the the cornerstone of like everything I'm putting out now. It's on every track, every track. Cool. Yeah. And then I'm curious. Um, I've seen you on live. I've seen you live on stage sometimes with with a laptop. And I'm curious what you, uh, what are you running on that, and what how is that interacting with with your with your setup? Uh, I'm doing. I'm using Ableton Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ableton Live, and I use like a push controller and. A lot of it is like uh, backing, some backing stuff, like simple backing layers, and then mm-hmm. I just build on top of it, mm-hmm. you know, because there's some stuff where it's like when you're recording, you capture lightning in a bottle and yeah, it yeah, can never sure. be recreated ever again, you know? Yeah, that like, was my. that's also my curiosity about these uh, modules because, you know, they're all – many of them seem to be with – with knobs, which are some sort of yeah. like, you know, gradient. Yeah. A lot of them don't have like, 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 uh, set settings. So, I mean, I mm-hmm. imagine it could be very, very hard to recreate things in a live setting. Yeah. It, it can be. And that's why the Ableton comes or any kind of sampler comes into play yeah. because it's just good for certain aspects of the live game. But there's other shit where it's like, like I was joking with a friend the other day, like, you know, when you're playing a show and someone comes up to you and it's like, you're breaking down and they want to know like the specifics of what you yeah. got going on. And, yeah. and, uh, some guy was like, Oh, what's this patch? He's like, wanted me to explain the patch. And I was like, bro, this is like, first of all, I don't want to have this fucking conversation with you right now. <laughs> Second of all, like, uh, this is a patch that like I figured out, like, and it's so ignorant that, I'm not even going to tell you because you'll think I'm fucking stupid. Like <laughs> it's just something that I figured out that works every fucking time and I can play it live every time yeah. and that it's just it's perfect for what I needed to do, but it's just like I'm not going to get into the specifics of it with you yeah. right now. I just like can't. But yeah, there's 
there's certain like with that drum machine module like yeah. now i know how to like dial it in like yeah, yeah. to w- whatever i need immediately so it's like i have no problem doing that um but it took me a while to like get it get to that level you know like it took me like hell long to to like learn it um but you know like i said uh samplers and ableton come into play when uh you're trying to uh replicate that those lightning in a bottle moments of studio recordings yeah yeah is it important for you that power electronics um advances sonically from kind of old school roots fuck yeah fuck yeah it is it's incredibly important um like i want i don't want it to become stagnant you know like i don't think it's in anyone's best interest for it to remain like sub uh some super culty type thing it's like yeah that's cool and everything and i respect all the ogs that are doing that but like new fools that are trying to like replicate that it's like you're not that you'll never be that right so like just do what you got to do and uh you know bring something fresh to the table bring something that people are interested in because at the end of the day you're never going to be uh that old school shit because old school is old school and you're just some fucking guy so we need you to uh, to step up and step out and and do what you got to do you know right. like I trust me, like I love all all that old cult shit and and all the stuff that exists and that that is all the stuff from the past that I wouldn't be here if it didn't exist. I enjoy all that stuff, but it's like I don't have it in me to create that style. Um, I'm not interested in creating that style. Um, I'm interested in just trying to bring something new to the table, and I'm. I'm going to listen to you if you're trying to bring something new to the table. Like, if you're just doing, rehashing old shit, I have no interest in listening to your project. Don't DM me, sending me shit. Like, I'm yeah. just not going to fuck with it. I'm not going to buy your tape. But if you're doing something new and fresh, I'll, I want to support that. You know, I'm trying to... Yeah. I want to I wanna see the shit evolve, you know? Yeah. What influence uh, does hip-hop have on your electronics work? Oh, it has a tremendous influence on what we do um like for instance um if you think about kufar my name is my name um on that album we have two tracks that are not that mac and i don't play on and that's Mm -hmm. one um that jam from deterge has a track and one that uh Peter from Interracial Sex has a track. Mm-hmm. And we came up with that idea because uh, I remember like listening to uh, Only Built for Cuban Links, mm-hmm. as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Kwan has this whole album, and then he has a song where it's just Ghostface. Dude, that's crazy. I think it's so cool. Just Ghostface. Yeah, yeah. He said, this is my homie, Yeah, and it's my album. It's going to be a classic album, but yeah. I'm going to have just this, just him on a track. Yeah. To showcase his ability. Yeah. And me and Mac were like, that is that concept 
is so fucking foreign to anything we do. Everything yeah. we do in this shit is like a collab, like a feature. Like right. hip hop has features, we have collabs. Yeah. It's the same thing, but it's like I was like, we could do something different and just have them make their own track for our album. Yeah, that's super and cool. Yeah, so it's like that. Um album art, so, right. you know, just like lyrical content, um just try to focus on stage presence, right? Yeah, stage presence, you know, like um when we do TCU and Kufar, we have a fucking hell of like we have a stage presence, like an intense stage presence. And um people always say like always com uh comment on that and compliment that and I think it's really cool, you know, because, um, you know, you want to stand out and, uh, you know, we, and that is, and hip hop's like, I listen to hip hop basically 95% of the time just because if I find myself listening to other, like, noise or industrial shit while I'm trying to record, like, I will just bite without like thinking mm -hmm. about that i'm biting you know what yeah, i mean like sure. it's like a like a comedian who hears who steals a joke but never saw the other performer perform the joke it's just that parallel thinking yeah it's like it can get, be like that with noise it's like oh i yeah. did this and then oh i just bit this fool's whole shit right now yeah so it's like i try to like get influences from other genres of music, sure. you know, yeah. like, uh, and hip hop being the primary influence on a lot of the shit that me and Mac do. Like yeah. right now, God is war. Mac has taken that shit to the next level of, of, uh, influence, you know? Yeah. And, um, like me, it's like, uh, my aesthetics are, are definitely coming from hip hop and, it's just always going to be there now because it's yeah. like no one else is kind of doing that. And if, if I've seen other people try to do it, but it's just, it comes across like a little kind of cheesy. So it's just, you gotta, you gotta take the good from these genres yeah. and appropriate it within our aesthetic that already exists. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you've of course now mentioned Mac numerous times and I haven't asked about him yet, but, uh, obviously we know you guys are very close friends and, and, and collaborators and you are a member of Kufar and Terrasville unit. Can you, can you tell about um, getting to know Mac, how you got to meet him and, and how you guys agree to work together? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, we met Mac back in the day, me and Luke, uh, from Miss Grant Matt Mac back in the day because we wanted to do a Kufar release on our label, Crimes Against Skin. And uh, at the time, he wasn't doing Kufar, so he offered us male compliments. Right. And, and that was pretty legit. And uh, you guys talked about that on your Yes, on yes, yes, yes. Your yes. guys' episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, and then he told us he was moving out to the Bay and we're in Santa Cruz, me and Luke were in Santa Cruz and San Jose, and uh, he was moving out to Foster City with, uh, with his fam. And uh, so he came out, and then he would come out to Santa Cruz, like, pretty often, because we're, like, at the time where I was, you know, locally, like, 
the only people he knew that were doing the shit that he was doing. Mm-hmm. So we just started linking up like all the time, like kicking it on the reg. Like we wouldn't even make music. We he would just come through, and we'd kick it, and we listen to music and smoke weed and just um, just hang out. And then because I was doing miscreant, and then yeah. at the time he was doing Crown of Cerberus, and uh, like that was his primary focus was Crown of Cerberus. And we went on tour together. That was like the first tour I ever did was Miscreant and kind of Cerberus. And that was pretty cool. And then eventually uh, we uh, linked up and uh, out in Oakland. And uh, and then Miscreant was kind of on the outs. And Mac was not – Kufar was on an indefinite hiatus. Like. Mm-hmm. Before it was like up in the air whether he, or not he was going to do it, but he just said, "No, nah, I'm not doing it anymore." Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and he was doing Crown, but he was also feeling very like uh, stagnant with that. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Hey, let's work on this project. I have an idea uh, for something called Terrace Unit." He had the name ready to go, and uh, we just started working on that shit immediately. And then from there, like we're struggling a good part of the history of miscreant and the history of carousel unit early on is struggling to record. Like Mm. we couldn't, we didn't know any recording techniques, how to do anything. We had like the weirdest rigs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when you, when you find out all you need is like, at least for us, like a USB audio interface for, uh, with a that's built into the mixer mm-hmm. it's like a fucking game changer if you're an yeah. idiot you know like yeah. <laughs> like once we figured that out it was like we just that's when like there was this period where like we just terracelling it was just like releasing fucking bah, 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 just like every we're just dropping project yeah. after project yeah it's because we figured out we found the cheat code of how to record yeah and we would spend so much fucking time together like we worked together and yeah he'd be at my house from monday to thursday and we would just we bonded over the fact that we wanted to put out the hardest shit like we would just be listening we'd record and then we'd be like in this in the recording space like fucking hyped like we'd be like animals dude we'd be drinking like pots and pots of coffee yeah and just like it it just seeing red like yeah. just the, the uh, like a, all the Terracellian recordings like of that time between like I don't know like 2017 to 2019 is just it was just the the fuel for that shit was just fucking piss and vinegar man like yeah. it was and Mac likes to he likes to go to that level like yeah. the 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 deepest level of like your anger and hatred and like yeah. he likes to and then he'll he'll be like come it's nice down here you know <laughs> and then you're like yeah and then you'll go in there with him and he's just like see look at it's everything i said it was and you're just like <laughs> you're just feeding off each other and uh he's he's the the hardest working motherfucker like there's people that like i don't like to collab with people because People are, get weird. They get real weird with the collabs. Sure. There's only mm-hmm. like one other person I like collabing with is uh, Jackson of Hurricrat. Because uh-huh. me and him, uh, we connect on like a variety of different levels outside yeah. of this music shit. Yeah. So like he's just easy to talk to, easy. Like if I say, hey, I want this, 
he gives yeah. me that. If he asks yeah. me the same thing, I give him what he asks. Yeah. Mac is is just like tremendously hardworking. Like he'd mm-hmm. be working before I got up in the morning, and and then he's like, "You ready to go?" I got the coffee ready, and I'm like, "Dude, it's nine thirty a.m." Yeah. And he's just like, "Fucking." chomping at the bit to get it going so yeah it's like he gave me a lot of uh focus and drive and like a lot of the work ethic i have well i would say all of the work ethic i have is because of mac like mm. straight the fuck up because cool. no one's gonna get it done uh like him and I, I could put money on that for sure for sure wow that's cool um what are what are, when you work together what are your strengths and weaknesses like or maybe your different roles and, and how, how does that dynamic work? Um, I think, well, our strengths, we just complement each other in, 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 in weird ways. Like, I don't know, uh, like Mac, he, he's very relentless. So mm-hmm. when I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to just tap out and uh, there's nothing more I can give to this guy. He'll, he'll manage to bring out something that's out of me. That's like a game changer, like Mm -hmm. for the recording Mm -hmm. where just as I was ready to bow out, he's like, no, there's something there, you know? And, um, and in a sense, it's like, I, I do the same for him. It's like when I when I fall off, he's there to pick me up, and when he's when he falls off, I'm there to pick him up. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think like, yeah, we both wanted to to be successful with this stuff, and like, we both really don't want to do anything other than this shit. Is like the the main factor of why we work well together. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people. With the music stuff, that's like that are half in and half out. You know, right. you know they uh, they do this because it's, it's like cool. It's uh, like they can post on their Instagram. It's like aesthetic shit or whatever. Right. Or they got homies, or you know they they release one tape and fucking that's it. They're never gonna right. release anything. They did it because it's cool or yeah. funny. It's like a lot of people treat it like a joke or something. You know, like and Mac is never treated it like that and i don't treat it like that i don't fucking treat my shit like a joke because it's hella serious to me whatever the project is so i think since we both are serious about it uh we both come into a recording session with the same mindset like uh with the intent of like putting out something that people are gonna fuck with like we're not gonna put out trash we're not we're just not gonna do that like some people can get away with putting out nonsense just because their name or just or they don't give a fuck that what people have to say about their their projects but we honestly do care if people like our shit you know yeah we work really fucking hard on it we work yeah. really hard on it like yeah. we don't just record uh you know an hour of the day like we on a lot of our recordings we we spent days out, right. all day long all day yeah. long doing this shit all yeah. day long so it's like we're like competitive with each other when it comes when we're together, you know, like, yeah. you know, so that's kind of how we get, we get down because we both take it so seriously. Cool. And do you, do you kind of split up responsibilities? Cause you mentioned earlier with lyrics that you, you know, he was writing a lot and you would be 
kind of editing them, you know, mm-hmm. looking them over and being like, mm, okay, this is good, this is bad. Do you guys share equal roles in, in like vision and 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 ideas, or is one person like more ideas and the other person is more execution? Um, we're we share pretty much equal equal roles for sure. Um, you know, like for instance, like when we'd be recording together, like live in the flesh, he would sit down and, uh, and with a synthesizer and he'd be recording and I'd be like chilling and on the couch and be like, Oh, there it is. Record that. And he would yeah. record it. And then, uh, he would call me over and he's like, okay, now work on something that goes on top of that. And then I would be sitting there working yeah. on something and then he'd be like there it is and then we'd play him our layers together and it's just like money you know yeah and then as far as like visuals and aesthetics and lyrics and stuff it's like a lot of uh a lot of that stuff works itself out and fleshes itself out in conversation like just, mm-hmm. just chopping it up we'd be out front smoking a cigarette having conversations and, and, um, you know, you just get an idea, you know, like we, we're both pretty good at visual art, but I've definitely fallen off visually, like, cause music takes up a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of my energy. Sure. So, uh, I would, we, for Tarasania, we'd outsource a lot of our, our art and stuff. And, uh, like I've become good at like explaining to people what it is I need, like directing, you know what I mean? Like I want yeah. this, this, and this, like, can you give me that? And then I get back the album art for operation black widow. Exactly. Yeah. As it just real, like my words and intentions and all that shit realized. And yeah. like, it's perfect. So it's like, if I could put it in someone else's hands that I trust, I'd rather I'd rather do that. But like, if I have to, and I think going forward, I'm going to start getting down more visually. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a lot of the the other stuff, like it just we work that out in conversation. We work mm-hmm. that out in conversation. Like in in newer Terrace shit, where like I'm going to be doing vocals because mm-hmm. Mac has been doing vocals forever, forever, yeah. and it takes a toll on him. You know what sure. I mean? Like he's one hell of a showman and he's never gonna stop doing what he does like vocally like he's one of the best vocalists out there you know and uh he's never gonna stop that because people love hearing him him. yeah they love hearing him but you know i'm we've him and i've talked about it and i'm gonna start doing vocals now that i'm more comfortable because probably time doing vocals i'm gonna mm-hmm. start doing vocals for terracillion and we we're kind of working that out cool and you never did vocals in terracillion before I did like kind of early on, like live, and then I was like, I suck. I hate this. Uh-huh. I suck. I'm trying to do something that I'm not comfortable with, and then uh-huh. like, I finally developed a style that I feel comfortable with, and like, you know, I felt I was like trying to scream or something, you know, yeah. and I was just like not good at that. Like I thought I was good at it with Miscreant, and then like I tried doing it, and I was like, I'll never be as good as Mac at screaming or whatever. And then uh, we saw, like, Genocide Organ and Anunzophilia, mm. and they have, like, 
many different vocal styles. Yeah. Like, really intense and then more, like, talking with effects. And Max yeah. was like, you can always try that. And then we <laughs> were – and then I started doing that. And I was like, hey, this is my – I found my my style. I bit, yeah. I bit off those guys, but I found my fucking style. It cool. works for me. So, yeah. Well, I'm stoked to hear that on the on the Terrasville unit stuff. Um, are you guys aware of how influential you are in modern power electronics? Um, yes and no. Like, yes, because when people hate on you, you're like, oh, we're doing something right. Right. And, and I do get a lot of folks that hit me up, uh, and show like hell of love, tremendous amount of love, and 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 tell me outright that we influence them. So it's like with those two combined, like I I'm aware of it, you know I'm aware of it, um, and it makes me feel good. And I never thought I'd be in a position where like I'm influencing people because like I just like when I was doing miscreant or whatever, I never like imagine i'd be as i was saying earlier just sonically like from miscreant sound to crawl the times current sound i never thought i would even make it that far mm-hmm. sonically so i never thought i would even make it that this far in general you know like yeah. to where i'm at right now so when people are um say they're influenced by us you know, it definitely makes me feel good. You know, it's like we've been in the game for hella years already. Like I've yeah. been making music since 08, 09. Right. So it's like if there's people making shit after they've heard our stuff and they know what's up, you know what I mean? And right. uh, if they're if they're influenced by us, that that's a good thing. You know, it means that um, there's room for people who are trying to change the game. And uh, there's people who are trying to uh, who are are receptive to that to that idea those concepts and want to move the genre forward like yeah. we're all about that so yeah. if we can influence in that way then that's amazing yeah. we're all about that what's the hate like where do you where do you where do you see that and 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 what's that all about oh the hate is just jealousy it's just weird you know i always get it's always weird when people are jealous of me it's like of what like I still have a full-time job at a place where I get shit on by the public and by my coworkers. Like, um, my life isn't perfect. I'm always in some kind of, like, some kind of turmoil with friends and family and relationships and otherwise. And, (laughs) like... Uh, I remember some one guy was like, I think Mac was like, these guys are fake Christians. <laughs> and uh, I saw their uh, one of their got their YouTube page, and I see where they get all their samples from on YouTube. <laughs> and I was like, I'm a fake Christian. Okay, whatever, dude. I was just at church. Oh, they said that about you? Just, yeah, they said that about me. I was a fake Christian <laughs> or whatever. And I was like, okay. And then that's cool. Like, you can believe what you think I believe or whatever, it doesn't matter to you, but I've, I've been in to church like three times this month 
Like, don't worry about what the fuck I believe in, okay? Yeah. Like, worry about you. And then they're, like, looking at my sample selection off of YouTube. It's like, dude, where am I, else am I going to get this shit, man? <laughs> I think I, you, they expect you to, like, crawl through, like, these fucking bunkers to get the most obscure sample. It's like, you get your shit off YouTube, motherfucker. You get it <laughs> off there, too. So don't try to come at me like you're the most obscure motherfucker out there or whatever. Because you're not, you're not that guy. You're not that yeah. guy. So, yeah. like, you get just – I've had dudes be like, oh, their parents bought all their merch or bought all their uh, gear. And it's like, dude, my dad is a, was a janitor at the 49, 49er stadium. Yeah. Like, he's not buying me anything. Yeah. He still owes child support to a lot of his kids, so his wages are garnished. He yeah. can't offer me shit. Yeah. I bought all that sh- all the all the gear myself and yeah. all the gear – uh, off my off my wages, I, yeah. and a lot of the gear that I I bought was off of merch, off of the output that I that I put work into. Yeah, off of my recordings, off of my muscle, I I yeah. bought all that shit. Yeah. So just because you're fiddling with two tape players and got a drug habit, yeah. don't mean that you uh, I my daddy's buying me shit. No, right. no, no, it don't work that way. I bought my own shit. I'll yeah. always buy my own shit. So you just get haters. You just get yeah. haters. Weird ass haters. Jealous over nothing. It's weird being jealous over like some a regular dude. Be yeah. jealous off of fucking celebrity because they got the shit that you want. I don't got anything that you want. <laughs> Trust me. I got a headache. You can have that. <laughs> but it's usually not to your face, right? It's usually like, bro, never, never, or directly. Never usually, face. kind of second. It's usually like second. Second degree, second hand. Yeah. yeah, there's there's people for a while that would be hitting me up with like screenshots of what people were saying about me or, or Mac, and I'd have to tell them like, yo, like, hey, do me a favor and don't bring that shit my way because I really don't give a fuck unless the motherfucker's yeah. gonna come up to my face and want to get down and talk about it or want to fight me over it. Like, I really don't got the energy to be looking at screenshots of some dude hating on me. I really yeah. don't got the energy for that shit. Like, yeah. It's so weak. It's weak. Yeah. If you hate on somebody like that and you're not willing to be real in the flesh, like, I don't have time for you. I don't. For sure. Do you ever feel, in general, I mean, beyond that, disillusioned with the power electronics noise industrial scene? Do you feel like you're, you're, yeah. a, you're a happy, active member, or is it something you like to kind of be on the outskirts of? I like to be uh, both sometimes. Like, I feel like I'm an active, happy, active member, and it feels really good to be a participant in this because I want to be, I want to be one of the people that are are changing the game and forward thinking and and all that. But then uh, sometimes I want to be like um, more in the cut and more kicking back because. There's some people that are uh, they have they have too big of a of a platform for how narrow-minded they are. Like mm-hmm. they take up a lot of space, mm-hmm. but they're not offering anything new to the table. And uh, it's like, well, you know, you can be over there and do your thing. I'm gonna be over here and do my thing. Like we can cross paths and uh recognize each other that we all exist in this yeah. stratosphere but 
um, you know, you don't want to change. You want to stay the same and we want to change and we want to make things better and we want to keep it pushing and keep uh, evolving and all that stuff. Um, so sometimes I feel like just by thinking that way, I'm alienated by like half of the the people in the scene, you know, because they don't want that. They want to they want to stay as stagnant as possible. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I think there's also just in general the ability to be an artist that's really like you are obviously extremely focused on your work and it focused on creating it and putting it forward. But there are also artists like who do that, but then they aren't really involved in like, you know, a lot of the networking correspondence mm-hmm. that goes on with it. Cause yeah. I, I mean the, the social, the social element and the scene element is a huge part of it for some people. And for some people it's bigger than the, the creation. And that's yeah. fine. I mean, I think that's, that's totally fine. Some people are just, they like to be in, that's, that's what gets them off as being involved. And there's some artists, other artists who like, you know, I feel like they don't even listen to noise really. I mean, or they listen to noise, but like, they don't, they don't really like get, they're not really following all the shit. What's the newest shit. They're work. They're, they're focused on their work. Yeah. For and sure. not really then involved there, in the, the rest. Yeah. Then there's the, uh, the dudes that drop like one tape a year, if that, and are not involved, like in the, the social shit, like keeping up with other motherfuckers got what they got going on or, uh, trying to tap in with labels or whatever, or other artists. And, they expect the whole world to be at their yeah. fingertips. They expect yeah. everyone to just be. Yeah, it's like you can't you're you can't just drop nothing a year and expect yeah. everyone to herald you as like the goat. It yeah. doesn't work that way. You have to be active. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have to be in. You either have to drop shit or be involved uh, with the. Um, with this with the social aspect or both but you can't have you can't have your cake and eat it too like yeah you just can't or neither that. or be or, or or be you know on the outskirts doing your thing and be happy with that i mean like there are artists, yeah. there are there are a lot of also great artists who do that they pop up once in a while mm-hmm. with some great new interesting work and then that work either you know that work speaks for itself it, you know it, it yeah, makes big waves sure. it's like, oh shit new album or new tape from so and so yeah after a few years and fuck it's good yeah. but then like that's they're not yeah. part of the they're not they're not playing the game or they're not that yeah. part of the, the scene and i respect that too yeah yeah i i it, when it's done like in a manner like that where that they don't see artists like that don't have that expectation of of Oh yeah, I can just do that, and then motherfuckers. I need them to acknowledge me every step of the way. Like they, yeah. they don't do that. They're just on their own vibe. But there's yeah. fools out there who are like, you know, I don't got to do anything, but I'm still, I still got to get my respect. It's like no, right. bro. Like you either, you either an artist and a participant, or you're not that. You know, right. like drop something, drop something yeah. for me to legitimize who you, who the fuck you are. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, who are some other kindred spirits? You know, there's Mac, of course. Who are mm-hmm. some other folks that are that are working and active that you 
you know, strongly resonate with or are, you know, supporters of or feel a strong connection with artistically? For sure. Um, Jackson, uh, uh, who does uh, Junta Cadre and uh, Heracrat, yep. that's like, can't speak highly enough about him. He's amazing. Uh, he really, and he, and he does commuter as well. Like mm-hmm. he really puts a lot, a lot of effort into what he does and he's very thorough and the music he makes is just really incredible. Just like really solid, whatever yeah. project he's doing, he just know that he puts a lot of care and effort into it. And no. he's, uh, not satisfied with the bare minimum. He's like, I'm really impressed by his work ethic and, and his, his music and his everything, all his artistic output. I'm really impressed by him. And he's just, uh, he inspires me because, because he's so solid in, in all of that. And, Mm -hmm. um, like I said, he's one of the few dudes I like collabing with because he's just straight up and straightforward and knows what I want and he knows what he can get out of me. And, um, that there's something to be said about that because like i like i said i've tried to collab with a couple of people before and it's just uh it's weird it gets weird mm-hmm. people like i think when you collab you have to like uh kind of be open to uh like feedback or you just have to approach uh the collaboration relationship like you don't know as much as you think you know like i have to humble myself when i come up to somebody and be like let's work and i can't be coming in with all the things that i think i know and like throw it on them and be like hey you have to work within my parameters of the understanding of music it doesn't work that way and i notice a lot of people will like they'll be like oh you've been in the game since 08 09 you don't know what you're talking about (laughs) i've been making music since last year this is what it needs to be. This is what it's like. No, no, we're not going to yeah. do that. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, Jackson is, he's just a fucking beast, man. He's a fucking yeah. beast. Like I played a show with him and he's a hell of a performer too. Like mm-hmm. a hell of a performer. He's got good stage presence. He, all of his, his approach to music is really good. And, you know, he's out there field recordings. He fucks with synthesizers. He's got, a, you know, uh, a very simple approach when it comes to his recording process and it's just like that's what you need you just need yeah. that you just need yeah. that and that's enough to inspire me and then um he's super solid and then uh uh the homie matt who does misery engine is mm-hmm. is pretty fucking good too he's been putting out hella shit yeah. and i grew up watching this dude play in this band called indiscuss yeah so like i've i was a fan of him yeah but he was in it my uh my town the best he was in the best band from my hometown in san jose yeah and i didn't know him but i always watched him play i was like they're the hardest fucking band out of san jose and then now this what does power electronics and shit and then he's fucking good at it because yeah. and he's smart this motherfucker knows everything about synthesizers yeah and he's and he's new to that because i think it's because he knows how to play guitar Mm-hmm. and so if you know how to play guitar you know how to read like chords and all that shit i don't know mm-hmm. anything about that it's so foreign to me so he i think he saw and he has a crazy fucking output right now like right and it's all solid it's shit it's all solid yeah. shit so it's like he's getting his name out there and he's putting his shit out there 
So if people listening haven't tapped into either Huracat or Misery Engine or Junta Kaja or Commuter, all that shit's available. Please go and listen to that. Cool. You being from California, you've grown up San Jose, correct? Mm-hmm. That's where you grew up and that's where you're living now, is that correct? I live in Oakland now. I've lived in Oakland for oh, 10 okay, years. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. You live in Oakland, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um do you have any plans of uh, moving out of the Bay Area? Not really. Um, I mean, California is a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter where you go, we have a lot of problems here without getting too much into it. Um, but honestly, I'm from here. This is my home on many different levels, ideologically, going back to the miscreant mm-hmm. Aslan shit that I was talking about. Like, mm-hmm. ideologically, this is where I belong. Yeah. Spiritually, this is where I belong. Yeah. I have all my people here, all, yeah. my, all my family, all my loved ones, all my friends. Like, I really don't see it in the cards, me going anywhere else. I just, like, it's just all about trying to make the shit work, you know? Like, at this point, the game, due to the pandemic, the game is, like, I can be anywhere and do what I got to do. Right. But, so, as as far as I'm concerned, like, with all the problems the Bay Area has and all the problems California has in general, like, if my main focus is making music and shit, then I can be here, I can be anywhere, but I'd rather just be here. I hope this place changes, but I doubt it, but we'll see what's up. At this point of our discussion, I'd like to ask you to tell me your top five Power Electronics releases of all time. Okay. Um, In no order, we'll go Anunzophelia, Ephemeral Dawn. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll go... uh, Hmm... Anunzophilia Ephemeral Dawn will go um, Grunt Seer of Decay mm-hmm. will go uh, Condom Color of a Man's Skin mm-hmm. will go that's is that four? That's three. That's three. <laughs> I went to continuation high school, sorry. Uh, we'll go um Genocide Organ, remember, that's like their perfect, Yeah. like, it's like all the best yeah. shit. Best, com- like, best up compilation. It, yeah, it's the best. So it's like, you just give that to somebody. The CD's still available. If motherfuckers yeah. don't have that, they should get that. Yeah. Um, Genocide Organ, remember. And then Prurient, oh, man, it's a toss-up between three Prurient albums. Mm-hmm. Black Vase. That yeah. one's so good. Underrated. Yep. yep. Uh, Pleasure Ground. Yep. And uh, Shipwrecker's Diary. You ever heard that one on the Groundfall? I might. I might have heard it. I might have it back, like in my collection, way back yeah. in Minneapolis. But I. It's not one I've listened listened to much. Yeah. Um, it's it's a tie between those three. They're all very mm-hmm. different. But cool. I would say probably. Uh, Black Vase was like influenced like miscreant shit. Yeah. Pleasure Ground influences like Crawl of Time shit, and mm-hmm. then um, 
Shipwreckers Diary for just like the sheer intensity of it all. Yeah. So cool. that's that's pretty much my list right there. Good list. Um, and now, can you give me five things of the past five releases of the past year or so? You know, it doesn't have to be the last year, but last year or two that that you really fuck with. Um, dude, lately. Is it me or does it just feel like it's a reissue? Like the reissue game is fucking crazy right now. Like, yeah, I mean that's it's been it's been heavy for sure. But yeah, I, so it's, there's, there's still a lot coming out. But there's a lot of there's a lot of reissues too. Yeah, so it's like, fuck, man. The last year, um, uh. The God is War LP on uh, on Phage mm-hmm. was that shit's fucking is hard as fuck. Yep. Um, um, I, this is services rendered by Jason Krumer. Oh yeah. This shit. Anything this fool does, I'm gonna buy it. It's yep. fucking good. Yep. He and put then our- the new CD. Yeah, and yeah, then the new CD. All of his three newest albums are really good. They all came yeah, out. Yeah, so like all of those. Yeah. Uh, the Commuter CD on uh, um, on Phage. Phage. Yeah. Yeah, the common denominator here is is Phage and yeah. Jason Krumer. Like, yeah. that's the shit that interests me. And then like the reissues yeah. and shit. Like, yeah. Um, just like cool re- little reissues of like incapacitance or or whatever, right. you know what I mean? For that sure. I can get my hands on that. I'm not gonna spend like a hundred dollars on, but I'll spend yeah. fifty dollars on. You know? right, like, right, 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 right. I'll get shit like that, you know. Yeah. So reiss- the reissues that have been coming out, sh- uh, the homie shit on Phage, and then Jason Krumer shit. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll take that. Cool. Well. um... What have you got coming up in the next year? I mean, what's what's what are your plans? Are you are you guys as Kufar Charisol unit planning on doing any touring now? Things are opening up again. Are you got any albums in the works? Any solo Crawl of Time stuff going on? Yeah. Um, so I have me and Mac are working on this Charisol unit thing. We're trying to get it just right. It needs to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um. Cause that's where we're at this stage in the game where like if Terracell unit's going to come out, it needs to be like a fucking razor sharp. Mm-hmm. It can't be one thing that's out of place, mm-hmm. but we have, as far as Terracell unit goes, that project isn't done yet, but we have something that is done that's coming out on angst. And that's, um, and that's death to Oakland, death to Oakland, death to Oakland's coming out on angst. I we made that. that. Oh yeah, you did. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah! So you're, if you already heard it, then yeah, so yeah I've heard it. Oh, it is. It's really fucking good. I mean, it's, it's old, <laughs> yeah. right? But it's, it's. It's. I think it's really good. Yeah, it, it was. It's the last recording Mac and I did here in okay. Oakland. So it's, okay. it's, it's the it's the end of that era. So everything else you hear from Terrasaline is is after that era. Cool. Um, but yeah, that shit is hard as fuck. Like I love that shit. Um, so death to Oakland on angst, and then. Um, I got a CD coming out on Phage for Call of Time, mm. and then an LP coming out on Cloister. Cool. I just need yeah. to get the yeah, art yeah. shit wrapped up with that, and then the, I got that stuff coming out. 
And then as far as shows, uh, for Terra selling it, we got some stuff in the works. Max got a lot of stuff coming up, God is War wise. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he's on a big tour now and stuff like that. He's yeah, he's, like, yeah, he's on, on he's on tour right now, and uh, but like he comes home and then he goes back on another tour. Yeah, and probably then, by the time um, this airs, he's back home. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So we got. We got like some bigger, bigger things coming with Terrasel Unit, like recording wise, and then mm-hmm. we're trying to do maybe a tour or two based off of those recordings. Mm-hmm. So we just that stuff has to get hammered out in a different kind of way. It's not yeah. like if like where I can just oh, it's I just hit this person up, this person up, and it's done. Like right. is the deeper you go in this shit, like the harder yeah. it is to like hammer stuff down you know what i mean for sure um yeah but uh we got some shit coming up with that and then kufar um i don't think there's anything with kufar that's popping off and uh that's the project we like we like to do when uh when something is the the fire has to be just right for mac sure when we get that going because like he just tells me what to do and i do it yeah. with that shit like okay. yeah so with that we're just whatever whenever he's ready to do something and he feels inspired to do that then we're gonna move on that yeah cool uh, excellent well cool man I really appreciate you sharing all that with me of course anytime man. anything you wanna let people know or add before we um, wrap it up I just want to shout out to uh, Mac for being the homie, and he's by like you said. By the time this airs, he'll be back from uh, tour, and uh, I hope he had a great, successful tour. I saw him already; that was cool. Um, yeah, yeah, you came through, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw. I hope all the shows went well. Uh, I want to shout out uh, Patricia. I love you. Uh, I want to shout out to my homies. Adam, Luke, and Drew, love mm-hmm. you guys. And uh, all my family back home in San Jose, love you guys. Cool. That's it. All right, man. Well, thanks again. Of course. Take care and talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for tuning into White Sampy Noise Podcast. Head over to the Patreon for more, including private episodes of Noise on the Run, exclusive photos, video, and audio related to the show, and discounts at the White Sampy Noise mail order. Your support is extremely appreciated and vital to keep the show going.